Support for today's podcast is made possible thanks to President's Day weekend and the sweet science that is boxing, a brand-wide retrospective of service-based box services sponsored by Airbox. Breathing is hard when you're on the bottom of a tough mutter. Luckily, there's boxing, which puts apples and meats and beets and bees in boxes, then drops those boxes beside bee boxes in boxes in purge boxes in boxes in Nike Airbox box shoe boxes in boxes, then swaps those boxes for square drawers filled with air that come in a box 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 in a box. So don't sweat it. It's easy. Apple boxes on boxes on boxes in boxes filled with apples in boxes in boxes in boxes in boxes in boxes in a box in a box in a box of meat filled with air that comes in a box in a box in a box then is boxed then beaten on by boxes of meat in boxes of air in boxes in boxes in boxes of apple boxes in a box in a box in a box in a box. I know. Time out. What did you say? We're giving it away? Now, for the first time ever, boxing is half off of select boxes of bees and bee boxes and boxes of bees with beat boxes in boxes in boxes in boxes and sold with purge box, a contained screen machine that is filled with air in a box in a box in a box and delivered to you by way of square drawer by air boxes purge box beat box Triple action bolt boxing system, which puts bees in boxes on apple boxes, on meat boxes, on beet boxes, then boxes those bee boxes with other boxes of boxes, of boxes in boxes, in boxes, in boxes, in boxes, in a box, in a box, in a box, in a box. And if you act now, Boxing by Airbox will throw in a pair of Nike Airbox box shoes by Airbox. The only box jumping shoe made by Nike that is sold through Airbox and ships in boxes in boxes in boxes in boxes that are swapped for boxes in boxes in boxes in a box in a box in a box in a box. It's not Gwyneth Paltrow's head, it's boxing by Airbox. The retrospective that puts all the boxes in boxes, then ships those boxes in boxes in boxes in boxes in a box 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 boxing by airbox do whatever you want with it as long as it's in a box 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 in a box. Your intermittent fasting for your 14th hour when you pass by Chipotle and realize this is stupid. Welcome to the sidebar. I'm Clint Mars Novak, filling in for Sebastian Morales, who's currently looking for his lost toenail on the soccer field. Rent Magazine is a bi-monthly publication made exclusively for Apartment Owners Association of America, or all those people who keep trying to screw you out of a place to live.
It's an educational tool for landlords to help them manage properties and solve tenant problems. Marty Fiore writes How to Get Your Tenants to Like You, which explores various tactics and bribes you can use to get the people you oversee on your side. Marty Fiore, welcome to the sidebar. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Now, I'd like to jump right into it. How do you get your tenants to like you? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tactics and ways. The first thing is that I used to like, you know, I used to get mad about them being loud, you know, playing their bands, mm-hmm. music and, and stuff like that. And I just decided one day, like, why don't instead of getting mad about how loud they are, I'll just I'll just start a band with them. We call it the Feudal Society. We play hardcore. Dude, it's it's a lot of fun. We play down in the basement. I own a triple decker in Andrew Square and yeah, it's a pretty good time, you know. It doesn't mean we're doesn't mean they don't have to pay rent. It doesn't mean we're we're best friends, but you know, we, we play hardcore shows and once a month we we really get it going, you know. And of course that is built the feudal society is built like a feudal system where you are still the king of the castle and everyone else is more or less a serf or a knight. That's that's correct. You know, the term landlord, while in, in Great Britain a landlord is actually somebody who owns a pub. You know, that's a different deal there. But in in America we're a landlord it's got this dirty stigma to it, you know. It's mm-hmm. got like it's like two, f- two four-letter words combined, and I just think like the feudal system, uh, it really doesn't have a place in American society. Sometimes I I think back to even Jim Crow America and the antebellum, and I wish we could drop this landlord term. So I just, you know, I just let them call what they want me to call me, Captain or Chief, you know, you know, Lord of the Manor is fun, but you know, of course, and. The uh, your hardcore basement you actually called the moat. The moat, yeah. And you've given uh, many different names it's to great. various parts of yeah. your. Uh, do you have a, uh, a dragon anywhere that guards this moat? A hypothetical, so to speak, dragon. Yeah, well, that's uh, Mister Jeru. He lives on the first floor. He was a. Uh, he's an old junkie. He was. Uh, we like to call him uh, Obi Wan because he's been in the neighborhood so long. He works for the state lottery. He packs the lottery tickets and. Uh, OG Giroux, you know, he's OG and he, he's just, he's feisty. He gets his margaritas going around lunchtime on the weekends. And he breathes fire on the mark, on the mic, I mean, oh. which really spits it out. Yeah, you wouldn't think you could see a 75-year-old, you know, uh, white dude from Southie who's that crazy on the mic, but OG Giroux is something else, man. He likes the, uh, he likes the oil, though, you know, he likes to stick it every now and then. He's got a little bit of a problem, you know, but, you know, we we like him, he pays rent and he's... He sure protects that equipment, you know. Now, what is your background in hardcore music? You uh, grew up playing a lot of it. Yeah. And how did that help you get into the landlord business? Well, you know, I was playing playing music, and uh, you ever heard of FSU? Uh, the the university? No, no, there's a gang. Oh. It, it stands for F S up, right? They're oh. bad. They're uh-huh. a gang of, uh, you know... Mainly uh, skinhead type of idiots. They started in Boston, and I was in with that crew, you know. But I, I wasn't in with them. I was just playing music with them, and they they just started getting crazy, man. Like it was just about playing hardcore music. But then they started robbing punk bands and robbing pot deals and stuff. So I said, I got to like get my own thing going, you know. Mm. I got to get I got to get some sort of job. So I started doing uh, odd jobs, you know. Drove a Zamboni at BU for a while. I didn't really work. Got a janitor job down in Brockton. 
it was when I started driving a cab. That's when I was able to really make a nut, you know, save up money. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but I actually, uh, our beloved researcher, the intern, Addie Harper, just passed me a picture from you from your FSU days. Um, and it looks like this is Marky Mark's Funky Bunch. Were you in the first iteration with Marky Mark? Oh, man. Addie's. She's good. These kids are good these days. They can at the, find at the sidebar, we are really dedicated to uh, digging up the truth and yeah. getting into those crevices that you don't want us to get into where the light don't shine. I played, I did play bass for the Funky Bunch. Uh, I had cousins down in Braintree. They knew, they knew Donnie. They knew Mark. They needed a bass player. Uh, and you were happy to oblige, of course, was, because you have a triple-necked bass that you just... You, Mark... And Donnie could play at the same time on yeah, this bass. That, that's my dirty water special right there. And uh, the thing, the thing is though, it's just the, the egos of those Wahlberg brothers, man. Like it just didn't really mesh up with my with my style. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I come from traditionally jazz background. You know, before I got into punk and hardcore, and I like to, um, I like to just feel the music out. I like the music to guide me. And these guys were just by the books in charge of you know creatively and I, if i can't be the boss maybe that's why i'm a landlord you know because i got to be in charge uh-huh. and of course uh one of the things that you came out first with the marky mark and the funky bunch uh was one of their hit singles new kids on the blah yeah that was a that was a tough time in my life uh it didn't seem very tough because you really really came out on top it was a it was a diss track actually to the, the uh up-and-coming new kids on the block yeah and well, it seemed you profited greatly from that you would, track you would think you would think i profited a lot of money from that but you know i had this manager louis castillo he was down there from fairhaven down this uh portuguese guy down there he was a music guy he said he'd manage me he he took everything he had the uh he had the copyright. He had the you know the originals. I got I got totally jammed up on that one, and and that's when, you know, I had to start to think. You know, maybe I should, uh, I don't know, maybe take this gang stuff more seriously. See what kind of money I can make there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you got into the gang stuff, that's where you really started to flourish in your property world. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like, I would say it was a good training ground, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to take you no. Know, no crap from nobody mm-hmm. right you got to be firm right you got to have everything written down you know if you're going to give a, a command to another gang member you just can't call him on a phone he might forget it you got to write it down put it right in it's the number one rule of a landlord you mm-hmm. say hey i'm gonna you're gonna now you're gonna put your checks in a in a box out front i gotta write you a letter that says that now you're gonna put your checks in the box out front of course i didn't know i wouldn't have known these little details of good good management leadership you know without having first been in the gang yeah fsu so, I understand you used to get in a lot of dance-offs when you were in the Funky Bunch, but now you get on a bit of a different off. You get in property offs as a landlord. Um, yeah. Break down for me, uh, as the kids say, how a property off works and uh, when you might need to use one. You know, back when I was a kid, I would think it was just mental that my father was out there mowing the lawn every Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, we... Uh... We had a small yard. I wasn't living in Dorchester at the time. My parents were split. We were living in Milton. So we had a yard. And I just thought, like, what kind of weird weird world is it? Like, your neighbors think you're crazy if you don't mow the lawn. 
But now I get it. Like, you are crazy if you don't mow the lawn. So every every weekend out there, I'm, uh, I'm making sure the lawn looks good. The rose bushes mm-hmm. look nice. I got a little Japanese uh, walnut tree that's trimmed up. The siding, everything's got to be prim and nice because the neighbors are doing the same. You want to look better. Of course. And you need to be the best lawn on the block. And Not, yeah. that's that's where you've come up with uh, an annual mow-off competition for uh, all of your tenants and whoever has the best mow it's not even the best lawn it's the best mow uh gets a prize you know when you think about mowing a lawn you, what do you think you think of some big galoot on a ride on drinking a pbr no i think of a guy he's fit he's got his nicest cutoffs on he's wearing his chuck tails he's got good posture he's got a nice gait to his walk mm-hmm. right he's pride he's prideful he wants the whole neighborhood to see there is a look to someone who is a, a top mower takes and, his time and so you've actually uh started a you've pitched a reality tv show top mo like yeah. top gear yeah well you know that's like that was like the one good thing that ever came out of being the bass player for the funky bunch was like i have this hollywood connection now you know i'm not going to say the Wahlbergs are like tight like i can go over to Wahlbergs and I can get a burger and a drink for free. It's not It's not crazy or nothing. Like, they're not calling me up, you know, to check out a bees game or something like that. But, yeah, I got Donnie on the line. We're going to talk about doing, you know, maybe getting a show going, a lawn mowing show. Yeah. Now, speaking about brothers and speaking about reality TV, you also are uh, not friends, I would say antagonists, with the Property bro- Brothers from the uh, reality TV show. <laughs> yeah. um, how exactly has... Reality TV has negatively affected your business, I'm guessing. Does it does it seem unrealistic to you? You know, the biggest problem with reality TV is everybody thinks that they can come over here to my neighborhood and flip a house, you know? They think they can buy a triple decker on Andrew Square. They can clean it up and they can sell it to some yuppie from the North Shore for a million and a half bucks, right? It's just not that simple. And what they're doing is they're ruining the fabric of the neighborhood. These guys like... Uh, Donald Trump and the Property Brothers and all these MTV shows, it's just screwing up the real estate business, you know? People people are getting, they, they're overbuying and they're overselling. Mm-hmm. And so to uh, combat all these people who are coming in and flooding, really, uh, you are fighting against gentrification. You're on the front lines. Yeah. So you have your own uh, team, your team of property Donnies. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because when I was in FSU, I was fighting against, well, basically minorities, you know, and hippies, punkers, anyone I didn't like, uh, anyone I didn't think was, um, you know, let's say kosher, you know, and that's a word I wouldn't even said back then. But, you know, I got through that gang shit. Whoops. Gang stuff there. Oh, uh, on the sidebar, any language is allowed? Yeah. At oh, all? Okay. As graphic as you want to be. I'll try to hold, I'll try to hold it back. But, you know... Now that I'm a, I'm, I'm a property owner in my own community, mm-hmm. I see the importance of keeping uh, keeping it diverse, but yeah, traditional. I'm not saying it should only be mixed over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who wants to move in, Polish people, Italians, even black people, I'm great with that in Andrew Square. But what I don't want is these fat cats from Beacon Hill coming down and driving up the houses. So now it's a million and a half bucks just to get a parking spot. Of course. And so you have employed uh, different ways of keeping them out. Uh, and at your feudal houses, you have uh, built fences and walls, and you even have a couple of—I don't want to say trebuchets, but they—they uh, they do launch things through the air. Yeah, you know, with nothing like nothing crazy, like you know, we 
we put a tire in there once, you know, but no one, you know, no one was looking. It was late at night, but you know, usually it would be like, let's say I see some, you know, some schmuck from Newton coming down. He's he's looking to drive up property prices. You know, I'll throw a, maybe I'll put a pumpkin in there, or a big cantaloupe. Especially he, if it's around Halloween. He'd be at his Bema. <laughs> you know, that will show him from coming down. And you always like to keep it festive, so it's always something about well, the times. That's one way I liked an article I wrote in uh, the September-October edition about getting your, your, your uh, tenants to like you. It was about decorating for them. You know what I mean? If you have a whole triple-decking unit, whole building, maybe a couple, you expect every tenant to put up the lights and the... Uh, ghost and the pumpkins and all that stuff. Nah, I do it for him. In fact, we get OG Jeru. Sometimes he'll dress up like a, a zombie. He'll just kind of pass out on the front lawn, you know? You never know when he's going to wake up. He scares the heck out of kids. It's great. And he's just there for. He's just passed out at all times? Well, often. Especially on the week. He goes to work, you know? He gets up for work, you know? But on the weekends, yeah, he can get into that. Get into the margaritas he likes. And, you know, you just kind of paint him with some face paint and scares the crap out of a couple little kids. And, of course, kids are a big demographic when it comes to apartments. Yeah, we got, we got critters running around everywhere over here. It's outrageous. You have uh, many families that are actually around, and that's the families are the biggest target of the big cats, the fat cats. It's a problem. You know, you, all of a sudden you get these idiots from, I don't know, let's say Cape Cod or Providence, and they, they're the rich young couple, and they're trying to buy the condo next door mm-hmm. so they can just rent it out to some college kids. Who don't have the money. In the meantime, I got these working families here, you know, who've been here for generations. They drive the buses. They run the Dunkin' Donuts. They clean up the trash in the neighborhood. They're good people, and they they really, they got a lot of kids, you know. It's no joke. Irish Catholics have a lot of children. You actually have a an Italian family in one of your uh The Denunzios, yeah. The Denunzios, and every single one of their sons is named Donnie. Donnie Denunzio, Donnie Denunzio, Donnie Denunzio. But every single one of them has a different sort of nickname. There's uh, there's Mailbox Donnie. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Pumpkin Donnie, who helps catapult your pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. always, also Rent is Due yeah. Donnie, who yeah, wants I mean, to be a landlord himself when he grows up. You know, one important part of the feudal system was having knights to protect your land, right? So we can't really have knights. You can't have kids running around in chain mail. You know, the cops might notice that. But we got our little Donnies and, uh, you know... Some of them just smash up mailboxes, you know. Donnie Mailbox loves that. Donnie Pumpkins, he, he'll fucking, he'll heave a, he'll heave like a gourd right through your front door, you know. And of course, little Donnie Denuzio is your, uh, your little, um, what's it, what, how do you, well, he's, what's it called, what, the, the, oh, Squire, Squire. Yeah. Addy did not help at all. I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed in you. Well, little, little Donnie's an interesting story because all three other Donnie's have the same dad. Mm-hmm. Little Donnie's actually my kid, you know. Oh, yeah, Donnie Senior and Julia—they split, you know, about ten years ago. And uh, you know, they were living second floor unit there, and me and Julia started having a good time. And you know, we said just because he's not Big Donnie's kid, we shouldn't screw him out of a great name, so we named him Donnie too. He's the littlest Donnie, and yeah, he's kind of like my squire, like he's. He's trained to be a property management guy. You know, hopefully he can spin him off, get his own LLC. Once he turns 18, he'll be running all these properties for me, you know? And that is definitely one way to get your tenants to like you is to have a kid with them. That, you know, usually, I got to say, usually, most of the time, if the lady's married or in a relationship, 
or even recently divorced recently i'll stay out i'll stay out of it but you know you know i'm coming around late at night they got to fix the heater you know, to get fixed the plumbing or maybe it's a saturday afternoon and i'm mowing the lawn with my shirt off maybe they're outside they're having having a couple of drinks and you just get to talking you know you know when i was covering hurricane sandy during my pulitzer prize winning turn as a journalist i cut my hand on a car that i was holding to let this immigrant family escape and a delicate woman bandaged it and there was a moment of connection so sincere and strong that i almost took her right there so I understand why you might succumb to the uh, the desires of humanity right. in the moment. You know, I know how it is. I got this older lady and, uh, you know, Linda, Linda Martin, and uh, I was shoveling out a driveway for her, you know, shoveling out, doing the front steps, cold day. This was like, this was a long time ago. This was like the blizzard of 2014 and... Uh, she invited me in after for hot cocoa, and I had took off my jacket, and I was wearing those like ski pants, and under that I, I was just hanging in my long johns. I was, you know, you know when you're cold but you're hot and you're sweating. Oh, I know. Long johns. I know way too well. Yeah, well, Linda, Linda helped me. Uh, she helped me get those long johns in the dryer. And just peeled them off of you. And you know. Took them down off your trembling legs. We never got to that hot cocoa. You didn't need to. You made some of your own. We made just a beautiful steamy froth. And, you know, luckily, Linda was a single. She was, she's still around. You know, she's 82 now. And yet somehow she gave birth. It was, it was in the Boston Globe. It was the biggest story of all time. Linda was 70, like 79, 78 years old. After that, that blizzard, we had a blizzard baby. And, you know, next, next summer there. And the blizzard baby, Donnie, is known as... 9-11 conspiracy theorist Donnie of course yeah well this is crazy about this kid you know uh, when I when this kid came out when I was there in the hospital and watching now my second son named Donnie come out of his mother and uh, I just started thinking about like the pain and the truth of the world you know I didn't like the, the world I grew up with was different than this post 9-11 world and I was like I don't really want my kid to to deal with that and that made me think really about Terrorism, nine eleven, the truth of it all. You know, are we really living under this tyranny and oppression for any good reason? You know, and that's when I started thinking about how about ten years ago, fifteen I guess, yeah, right after nine eleven I had to start buying terrorist insurance, you know. They want you to buy terrorist insurance if you have property in a big city and then terrorist, I don't know. terrorist insurance exists? Terrorist insurance is a real thing. Uh, I mean, if only my father had gotten it. I'm sorry. My my father died in 9/11. It's one of the reasons I became a journalist. My God, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I am too. But if he had bought the insurance, then perhaps I would have been better off as a child. Yeah, I must think knowing that a small it, child, knowing that your dad died just for a scam, too. You know, what a ripoff. A what? A scam. It was a con job. Uh. You mean the the insurance is a con job? The whole thing. The whole thing. The the what? The whole goddamn day. Nine, nine, 9-11? It was a load. There was a million reasons why, but the first thing was insurance fraud. And now they want me to get terrorist insurance just because some schmo, Larry Silverstein, committed insurance fraud in the first place? Uh, are, you mean Larry Silverstein, the, the 
owner of the the towers. Do the math, that, bro. It's all right out there in public. I Marty, I don't think that we can really. Uh, we at the sidebar do not condone. Well, I mean, we do condone conspiracy theories, but I I I cannot. For in good conscience, accept you saying that nine eleven was a con job. Imagine, yeah, Brigham and Women's Hospital, and you, your beautiful lady, God bless her, seventy nine years old. Imagine the pain of a seventy nine year old woman giving birth. She's popping out your kid, and you see he's a beautiful round face. It looks like a pumpkin. First thing you think is, ah, Donnie Pumpkins is gonna love him. Better not put him in the trebuchet. Of course, you little bastard. But then you think about just the pure beauty and innocence of a child. And you think how his he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve these lies, and he doesn't deserve to live in this world. And that's why I really hit the books. You know, that's why I really did did that, looked at the numbers. There's a lot of evidence there. Well, uh, our beloved researcher, the intern Addie Harper, uh, just handed me a birth certificate. Larry Silverstein's birth certificate. His real name is Donnie. He was known as Terrorist Donnie. Wow. Dude, you just blew my mind. I think I think we have a family circus going on here, Marty. Whoa. And you and I are going to get to the bottom of it. And we're also going to talk about the best places to live and rent when we come back after a message from our sponsors. Are you feeling bound by the upcoming tax season? If you are, and I know that I am, but if you are, then you need TurboTax XLax Tax Laxative by TurboTax and your diapies, America's number one rated adult brand adult diaper. Tax Lax works swiftly, targeting your disposable income to ensure a full deduction. Turn that IBS on the IRS and trust Tax Lax. Tax Lax has the 1099 on your W-2. And with a guaranteed refund on every deposit, you will be getting back more than you're giving out. You'd be cheaper than a Donald Trump income joke to not try TaxLax today. And with 1,000 pockets of microfiles bonded to the thousands upon thousands we've already audited, TaxLax is the only tax laxative to provide internal quilted comfort partnered with a diaper. TaxLax, where donations are accepted, but never required. Support for the Sidebar Podcast is also made possible thanks to Little Ladder Academy, a five-step school to help you climb out of stupidity and up those invisible rungs. For instance, say you found a genie lamp. Now what do you do? Step one, rub that lamp, but be sure to wear a glove. You don't know where it's been. Step two, make sure your genie isn't Will Smith. You can do this by stating, here comes the men in black. And if he doesn't respond with galaxy defenders, then you're okay. Step three, don't blow your wishes. And don't ask for a big penis when you can simply wish for everyone else's to be much smaller. Don't be foolish. Step four, wish for a detailed report of all the world's undisclosed treasure. Then set out on your mission and never look back. Step five. Wish for the music albums your favorite artists would have made had they lived. We're winking at you, Biggie Smalls. Little Ladder Academy, a five-step stool. That's all school. And we're back with Marty Fiore, 
from Rent Magazine, his article, How to Get Your Tenants to Like You, which explores various methods for getting the people you oversee. Donnie, put that down. To enjoy Donnie, your stop it. Company. Stop that, hitting your brother, Donnie. Is that little Donnie Denazio? It's Donnie two and three. Oh, okay. You're a little too old to be goofing around like this. Cut it out. No, uh, no go mow the lawn. Donnie three, of course, is little Marky Donnie Mark. Donnie, cut the shit. Little Marky Donnie Mark, of course, uh, is one of the more uh, apt, apt names for that child because he is well versed in the street scene and he has a has a real knack for uh, selling people things. Yeah, yeah, you know why? It's funny you think about the names Donnie and Mark. There's actually studies that say like when they were most popular, right? You had like mm-hmm. New Kids on the Block, then you had the Funky Bunch. Everyone's naming them after that in my neighborhood, but probably around the whole country too. And then you had like uh, the Fighter that was a big time. Everyone's saying Marky again. And then Donnie, you know, he married that Jenny McCarthy girl, you know, and everyone thinks that's a pretty hot name again. So back to Donnie's. Back to Donnie's. And back to 9-11, we have uh, a conspiracy that you have, of course, put forth that this is all a scam. Yeah. Um, but this birth certificate changes absolutely everything that I know. Because if, if Mr. Silverstein is, in fact, a Donnie himself... How far back do Don's, Donnie's go? You know, there's a lot of good Donnie's out there. There's there's Patriot Donnie's. There's a lot of bad Donnie's out there. And there's terrorist Donnie's. You know, the fact that... And that is that is the divide that we see today. You know, the fact that you think Donald Trump, you think he has, uh, you think he has terrorist insurance over there on Trump Tower? What's interesting is that he himself is a, uh, a landlord. And he, there's, is there, there's a uh, shadow war... Well, I also wanted to say, going on in the say for a fact, as I am a representative of the American Apartment Owners Association. Of America. Yes. Donnie is uh, Trump, that is. He's mm-hmm. been extradited from the organization. He's no longer a, a member. He doesn't have his, uh, he doesn't carry his card anymore. Uh, mainly, I mean, if you had to ask me, it's because he's not a 9-11 conspiracist. That's my big reason why I would kick him out, but also just because, you know, we don't really like his business practices around here. You know, we like to keep it fair and square. Of course. Um, the business practices being, of course, sinking multiple businesses and not paying any of the workers. But you um, have banded together with the AAOA, and you have a, uh, a shadow organization that throughout the, the millennia, throughout history, have actually uh, fought to keep people in line and fought to keep terrorists away from the buildings that you own. I like. I got a little saying for it. I got a little. I came up with a little slogan. I'm. I'm gonna pitch it next at the next monthly meeting. A A O A, A A O K. We're gonna keep you good. We're gonna take care of you. You know, we don't want any beef. You don't want any. Whether I, you know the terrorist comes in many 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 forms, man. You got that knucklehead down there in Oklahoma. He's a white guy. You know, you get these kids with guns. It's not always just Saudi Arabians. You know, we don't want them in our neighborhood, and we don't want them in our buildings. However. Do I am I worried enough to buy terrorist insurance? Are you? Let me ask you this. Has your apartment ever been blown up by a terrorist? Well, uh mine has not, but my antagonistic co host, uh and sometimes self declared nemesis, Sebastian Morales, has had his apartment blown up at least five times in various separate gang acts of violence. Where, well where's he at? Where's he at? 
Uh, he's currently shoehorning himself into a cabin in Florida, weeping away the death of his children. Does he have a trebuchet? Has he studied the feudal system? Does he have a moat? Uh, does he have a guy like like Giroux, like OG Giroux? I don't think he does have a moat. I don't think How he many has... alligators does he have? I, do you have alligators inside of your feudal house? It's one of my side businesses. You know, I used to, like I said, I was driving a cab. I was selling stuff on the side, saving up my nut to buy some land. You know, a lot of cabbies, they got a little side endeavors, you know. Of you course. Can, some guys, they, they, they go to an empty Caldor and they get all the, uh, all the old shelves and they sell them for scrap metal, right? Maybe some guy, he has a friend, but maybe every now and then the back door of the Sears truck stays open and a couple of TVs come out. You know, you make a little side here and there. And every, I was doing a lot of runs in the Chinatown. I was buying those little turtles, you know. The and snapping then, turtles? Little baby snappers, you know. I'd be buying them in Chinatown. And Our then, beloved researcher, the intern, Eddie Harper, actually went to Chinatown on per your request to get one of the snapping turtles. Um, and they have not left either one of her nostrils. Oh, and they're old. These these bastards, they'll live 100 years. You know, she better really, she should get that checked out. Because, she she uh, now has a snapping turtle nose rings. Well, now, that's pretty hot. I can see that. She should maybe come down to one of my hardcore shows. She'd fit right in like that. I, I dig that. She's also allergic, so that's not really turning out well for her face. Oh, my God. Her eyeballs are swelling up and everything, huh? They look like they're about to pop. She actually looks like a snapping turtle herself. Boy, I tell you what, if we got a problem like that, I would just get a bigger snapping turtle and have him bite him right out of there. But anyways, I was getting into this, as I was saying. Like I was saying, I was getting into selling little reptiles, turtles. You get a college kid. Hey, you got, what do you got in your dorm there? What do you got in your palm? You got a little snake? You got a little lizard? You want a pet? Hey, check it out. Come in the trunk here. And you sell him a little turtle. All right, cool. Made 10 bucks. It cost me three bucks. You feed him lettuce. And then when you don't get any rides to give, you can play with your turtles on the side. Anyways, as time goes on, I get into becoming a landlord. I've got time on my hands now. I'm not driving a cab all day. So what am I going to do? I want to get into this wildlife bird and prey deal, you know? It's a great deal. I got my oldest son, Donnie. He's helping me out. We got hawks. We got peregrine falcons. We got alligators. We got parrots. We got owls. We got a little baby caiman. We got crocodiles. You know, we get these animals. We keep them down in the basement. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's great doing hardcore practice. You see the crocodile bobbing his head. And uh, going along with the music, crocodiles have a great sense uh, in our ear, actually. Crocodile rock, baby. And they have actually started uh, their own band. That they have called Crocodile Rock. The crocodiles yeah. themselves. That Elton John guy, he's a visionary, man. That that motherfucker. He had some he had some real gold coming out of his ass there in the seventies. And yeah, we got nowadays you got a real crocodile rock band. It's crazy. So I bring my my act, my lizards. We bring them to schools, you know, we bring some rodents, we let the kids feed them. You know, it, it pays a pretty good buck, you know, it's fun. And uh, And the course, alligators to protect Protect the, the crack, of course. And you have a bird that actually collects all ticket sales. Uh, how it works is people order online, and the bird flies to their house, collects their money, and gives them the ticket. Uh, and this bird, of course, is Little Marky Falcon Donnie. Yes, Little Marky Falcon Donnie. He's a parakeet. He's a bigger one, though, you know. He uh, he lives on the third floor of my of my uh, triple decker there on Broadway. Mm-hmm. We trained him up, man. You know, he can use the iPhone, the computer. He, uh, when we got guests coming in, he can buzz the thing. He makes a noise too sometimes. You know, it's, instead of he forgets to press the button, he just goes e, and then you because go, "Hey, he, he you got to press the button." You just can't go. E. He's a good little shit, that bird. 
So uh, speaking of your triple decker on Broadway, you have various properties all over. Where where do you live exactly? Because I know you have various properties in New York, but you also, you know, Philly, Boston. So yeah. where where are you centered? Well, that was that was tight. You know, I was like just first starting out in Andrew Square. But then I saw on Craigslist I could buy this nice house over there in uh, Jamaica, Jamaica, Queens. Got a bigger unit. You know, it was an eight-unit house, mm-hmm. eight-unit thing of there. Then I was just like, well, I'm over, I had to go out to Queens, you know, check it out, do the paperwork and stuff. And I got a little neighborhood there in uh, Rockaway Beach, you know. Found that little neighborhood. Got a couple of units there. And then I met this girl. She uh, was a girl from Philly. How all good stories start, meeting yeah. a girl from Philly. Her dad was the cheesecake, cheesesteak king of Philadelphia, and they were uh, they were selling the business. You know, it was like cheesesteaks on the first floor, and then a nail salon on the second floor, and the third and fourth floor that was we the rental unit. So that one's great because it's commercial. It's split commercial residential. You can make a lot of money on the commercial. You know, residential is a little bit tougher, but you know you work hard, you treat your customers, your tenants nice, can work out. And so my question is for you as a landlord and also as an ex-tenant, where is the best place to rent? Um, what is the ideal city? What is the ideal uh, topography? Would you want a beachfront? Do you want something in the mountains? What do you is the best place to be? For, for, for my money, I'd say you want to get some place, uh, you know, with a lot of a lot of fun different neighbors you want to have a cool a lot of cool opportunities people that are going to be open-minded you know people that are going to be okay with your hardcore bands and whatever you're into you have what have you if you get crocodiles you know so you know you if you move out into the suburbs or in the country people can be a little stodgy about you know the decisions and the lifestyle you make you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe they think it's weird you got three or four kids with you know a couple different ladies you know you maybe you have one of your girlfriends is 82 when you're only 40, you know, I think that's kind of, people can judge you, so I like to be in the city, I think that's best, and I also think the right parts of the city can be profitable for a landlord, but affordable for a tenant. Now, which parts of the city need the most terrorist insurance? Now, listen. What falls under the umbrella of terrorist insurance? I cannot cannot leave this topic until I feel like... Now, listen, listen here, you know, I th- like I said, I think it's a scam because if you live in like kind of a more quiet, let's say like the north end, like an Italian neighborhood, there's no big buildings, there's no big targets, you know, why would you need to buy terrorist insurance? You know, I just don't think it's going to go down there. And then, But, you know, I could see if you're living in like a big building, like you're next to the, the Prudential Center or you're next to the Empire State Building, you know, there could be some residual damage to some sort of con artist who's going to blow some buildings up. Are you? Are, do you mean Jamaican Donnie? Jamaican Donnie, you, you, you guys didn't like get into like his, his like accounting books or nothing, right? We looked into various books of his and we found a lot of information about you and your, uh, shall we say, uh, feudal properties. It seems that you, Marty, are trying to um, create different city states around various cities. All right, all right. Are you planning a hostile takeover of some U.S. cities? Now listen, listen here, okay? At first, it just started out as a as like kind of a shell company, a pyramid scheme, you know, way to make a little money with Donnie. I. All right, 
here's the truth of it, okay? The American Apartment Owners Association starts back from the Roman Apartments Owners Association, okay? It's, it's I, I knew it. It's been, uh, first it was out in the open, you know, we had the power of the church, people were scared, you know? You basically had your plebeians, and you had your clergymen, and you had your nobility, and everything was smooth, okay? There was no beef, you know? The only beef was between nobility and other nobility, and we could always work that out, you know? Every now and then you get to send a thousand knights in, slaughter each other, but that's just the way the business world operated, you know? However, things happen over time. You get the Renaissance. Oh, they think that art and science is so special. And then you get you get stuff like the, I don't know, they could say the Industrial Revolution. You get uh, the spread of knowledge throughout the whole world and colonialism, and, and that leads to capitalism. And really, we had to kind of go into the hiding here. I was feudalist, you know. But now, with our leader, Donald Trump, in office, I really think... no. That we could bring feudalism back and have a just and peaceful society. I. He is the Donnie. He is the Donnie. And here I thought you were against Trump for his his practices, but he was just. He he was the mastermind behind all of this. Hey, let me ask you something. Ask away. What do you have? In a feudal castle, right? You got your yep. trebuchets. You got your moats. Yes. But what's most important? The castle? I thought this guy was a smarty over here, Mr. NPR. You have, you have a wall. A wall? Damn it. I have various connections inside of JSOC, the uh, Justice Security Operations Command. And <clears throat> they've informed me that there's a new military project to create trebuchets and ballistas. You know why Larry Silverstein blew up his own property? He didn't blow up his own property. What do you think the Patriot Act is all about, brother? What is it about? It's opening doors to the wide world of feudalism. Manoralism is back. I... We have the dawn of Donnies. The Donnie Dawn in office. And you... Marty Fiore are telling me that America is about to become a feudal state once again based around landlords? Have you ever seen a Mark Wahlberg picture or a Donnie Wahlberg story that isn't blatantly xenophobic and patriotic? I've seen every single Mark and Donnie Wahlberg movie religiously. Who's the enemy in Shooter? Well, the American people. Capitalism. American system. Ugh. How did we not see this coming? Donnie, put it down! And of course, you use all of your ad space that you have on your various tenants, tenants' buildings, and it's all just anti-capitalist propaganda. It's... Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. Imagine you're some... Uh... Imagine you're some big banker there. He works downtown. You're taking the red line home. You look out your window there on the red line and you see one of my buildings you know and what does it say it's it's various uh, you have various tenant buildings that are multifamily communes mm. and you just say all of us together A-A-OK A-A-OK 
part of the reason why you got to be nice to your tenants is because if you're expecting them to um, just believe in your new system and buy into this whole new form of society, they have to like the person first, okay? You know what I'm saying? You just don't you don't vote for a policy. You vote for a human being. Marty, I don't think that capitalism is the perfect form of government, but I think capitalism deserves a shot. And I don't think that we should just devolve back into where we were. I think we need to fight. And I think I, I can get you on, on my side. So I have a proposition. All right, lay it on me there. Over the course of many years, I've been able to track down various forms of treasure. And I've, I've been able to hoard a massive amount of wealth. I will share with you a little bit of this treasure. I will give you some of my wealth. I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Marty, and I'm fighting for the future of freedom. I found the treasure of Pompeii. And what's in it for me, you know? You know, what, like, uh, so we can uh, have more fair tax laws, you know, but maybe we don't have to buy terrorist insurance, you know? I don't know. Have you heard of volcano insurance? Yeah, it's the worst scam there is, dude. There's no volcanoes for a thousand miles from Boston. I have to buy... That's what the people of Pompeii thought. Well, Have I been wrong this whole time? Have I been conned by the Dons? You know what the modern-day equivalent of volcano insurance is, Marty? It's gold. It's treasure, Marty. And I got it by the boatload, by the, by the cargo ship. Are you trying to tell me that Pompeii was also an insurance scam? It was a volcano. How could it have been an insurance scam? You can't. You build a city next to a... Unless they built the city knowing that it would explode. No! This journalist is shaken to the core. I'm... I don't look you know, at you know what is what is a scam though who do you think was behind the Pompeii scam pumpkin spice Donnie the biggest scammer there is the pumpkin spice alright you got you guys got me here remember like 15 years ago 20 years ago when coffee was just something that you made in a pot in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was disgusting, but it made you, you know, feel okay in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, every, every fucking bloke out there is drinking pumpkin spice lattes in August. They're spending $7 a jar. It makes no sense at all. And yet I'm addicted. Yeah. Pumpkin spice Donnie's a kingpin behind that one. And Marty? You gotta if you want to take down capitalism, you gotta hit people in the pocketbook. You Marty, I think I think we both know that Pumpkin Spice Donnie is it's not a name, it's just a moniker, a title that has been passed down through the generations. And I think we both know where it's landed. You are the pumpkin spice Donnie, Marty. It's you. You're the one selling all this terrorist insurance. You're the one selling the volcano insurance of today, and you are responsible for everything. I'm going to need my lawyer. You killed my father. I'm going to need my lawyer. Donnie, put that down. Call Uncle Mickey. Hey, 
listen here. This is a lot of these are some big accusations here to say I killed your father, to say that I've created being responsible for nine eleven and all sorts of even. I'm personally just gonna lay your facts down right here. You get my number. I did it all. I confess. Larry Silverstein, Donnie Silverstein, maybe call him. He's on my payroll. I had some, I had some dirt on him. You know, he comes down, comes down the bottom. He's hanging out with a couple girls. We take some photos of him. He's a billionaire. What else would you do? You know. All of a sudden, I got him to pull the greatest scam of all time. How do you think I afford all this property? You know, the beautiful dog track island in Florida. Dirt bike stores in Reno. You think that just came because I drove a cab enough to save money? Jeez, selling turtles. Jeez. I'm a bad man. Marty Fiore, thanks for coming on the sidebar. Next week on the sidebar, clay pigeons can't fly on their own. But one man is trying to change all of that. I'm Clint Mars Novak. Thanks for stopping by.